0: Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something
1: in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is equivalent exchange. All right, everybody ready? Yes, I'm ready to say my name. (laughs) Say my name, say my name. (laughs) I definitely thought that. I just decided not to say it. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Say my name, say my name.
0: No one is around you. Say baby, I love you. Is so everybody gonna... ready? <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Foma Lachemus by Hiroma Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. I'm
2: Kaza. <laughs>
0: That's good.
1: So I'm much glad. enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Today we're going to be discussing chapters eighty-nine, ninety, and ninety-one. Yay. yay! Woo violence, woo! And then we're not going to do three chapters anymore for a while. So I don't. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. Blessed, <laughs> blessed relief for you. <laughs> <yes>. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait to read more. You like tentatively, like pull the paper up. Be like, no, no, I mustn't.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, there's no paper. It's all ebooks now. It's all like, I, I my mouse hovers over the, the thumbnail, and I'm like, I mustn't, I mustn't. There's like a little flipping page animation where the, the mouse is, and it's like, no, stop. <laughs> but yeah, we're
0: pretty uh, thoroughly in the end game now, so. Uh...
1: <laughs> I really wasn't expecting this to become a zombie novel. I don't know why I didn't expect that when I started, when they revealed all the soulless bodies, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, neither did that guy who activated the zombies. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was like. I expected them to be horrifying, I didn't expect them to start eating beeble. That's that's <laughs> the zombie part that I didn't expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he immediately chomps on the guy, and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> it's like, Well, that was all, all y'all's mistake. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, they didn't give them guns or anything, so I guess that's the weapon they have. They're, mm-hmm. they're
1: chompers, yes, <laughs> I guess so. It's probably better they didn't give them weapons, although I don't know if they. Maybe they could fire what? Maybe they could control weapons. I don't know. Control is a they'd very. They'd all be like shooting each <laughs> other. He's
0: really distracted by them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they might be able to fire them, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know if they'd be able to. <laughs> I think they there might be a lot of needless, uh, um, you know, dismemberment, like Soul Army fatalities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dismemberment of of themselves, which is probably yeah. un not desirable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like the other doctor's like we haven't done the tests yet and he's like yeah. forget it and it's then like straight big out big of button. a horror movie yeah, yeah pretty much
0: <laughs>
1: it turned in that's what i said it turned into a zombie movie or a zombie uh-huh. book <laughs> they do have one horrifying eye as it turns out <laughs> uh-huh. anyway i guess we should talk about it you should do something yeah. before we discuss but i was just so taken aback i didn't expect <laughs> it
3: <laughs>
1: i should have but I, I didn't expect them to be that like that I guess that kind of horrifying <laughs> that that to act in that specific way although it's not mm-hmm. surprising <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah we'll do our uh summary recap and then
0: uh talk about zombies, Yay, yeah.
1: zombies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good I'm glad you're excited <laughs> chapter 89 opens with scars group arriving at the kanama slums they take in the smoldering remains of the recent fire and the giant mound of earth hohenheim made and wonder what the heck happened here the first person they run into is Darius, who's helping with the cleanup, and he and and Zampana spend a little time bickering with each other about who is or isn't working for Kimberly until Ed comes over to greet Marco and tells them all to shut up.
1: <laughs> I just like that he's like, picky, fatty, and gorilla, stop fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like making a show of not knowing their names, even though he definitely does know their
0: names. <laughs>
3: hmm
1: And they're like, shorty, which it's also good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's settled. The chimeras all sit together and catch up while Ed and the others talk plans nearby. The Khmeras talk about how they realized there was no point in sticking with someone like Kimberly who was obviously going to ditch them once he got what he wanted. They're all fugitives now, but they don't regret it. Heinkel glances over at Ed and the others and adds, At the very least, those guys will never abandon us. They notice Fu leaving the group and come over to ask where he's going. He went to check out what's happening inside Central City, Ed explains. He said that his face is the only one that's not known to the enemy, so it's easier for him alone. Ed adds that he said he'd try to find out what Colonel Mustang is up to, but Ed thinks he's probably most worried about where Ling is. Gerso asks if they're finished talking to Scar's group, and Ed, obviously still somewhat grumpy about having to cooperate with Scar, says that they are. Everyone settles into wait, and Ed pauses in front of the dome trapping both Pride and Al. Your brother sure is something else, Gerso comments, and Darius adds, I'd go crazy if I was stuck in total darkness with a monster like that. Ed frowns and leans down to pick up his red coat. Al is going above and beyond to keep us safe, he says, throwing the coat on and taking up his classic look before the final battle. The rest is up to us. Over in the city proper, we check in with an old friend we haven't seen in a while, Sergeant Denny Brosh, Maria Ross's old partner.
1: Yay. Yay. Oh, Mm -hmm. just
2: throughout this scene, uh, just, I don't know, for some reason, I'd see him and be like, Ed? No, that's not it. Ned? No, that's (laughs) also not it. He's really similar,
1: uh, (laughs) hairstyle to Ed. Without his military uniform, he does look very similar to Ed. Mm
2: (laughs) Also, Ed's gotten taller now, and it looks a little older, so it just kind of fits. I feel like I would not have made that mistake earlier when we first saw him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Denny is currently being hassled by his younger siblings while he's trying to sleep after working a night shift. Let us borrow your telescope, they say, and he groggily tells them to just find it themselves. What do you need it for anyway, he asks as they dig through his room. They cheerfully announce that there's going to be a solar eclipse and they want to look at the sun. (gasps) Denny sits up sleepily. Uh, guys. If you look at the sun with a telescope, you'll go blind, he tells them, much to their disappointment. He starts to suggest maybe putting some soot on the lens, but his younger brother spots something else in the city and calls Denny over to the window. He looks through the telescope himself and notices smoke in the distance and a heavy military presence in the nearby streets. He hastily gets dressed and runs downstairs, telling his many younger siblings to stay inside and not leave the house today as he rushes outside and hops on his bike. Near the city center, we discover the source of the smoke, Roy and his team are making their move. Roy uses his fire alchemy to destroy a military transport, and the soldiers radio into their superiors to report the heavy damages they're taking. One of the higher-ups gripes about how Mustang won't just do what he's told, and asks how many attackers they're dealing with. His men report that it's only four, but they've been unable to retaliate because they've taken the Führer's wife hostage. That doesn't matter. Don't worry about the Führer's wife, he replies, much to the other men's shock. Just make sure you capture Roy Mustang alive. The Führer's wife is useless to us. His men hesitate, but give the order. On the ground, more soldiers move in to overwhelm Roy and his team. They talk to each other as they prepare to engage, wondering why so many of them have been called in to deal with so few targets. The ones unfamiliar with Roy also speculate on what his abilities are, and an older soldier who saw him in action during the Ishval War chimes in with an explanation. First he sparks out the dust in the air as a makeshift fuse, then boom, the target just explodes. The others laugh at how absurd this seems until a spark of alchemy arcs over their heads and they madly scramble to get away from their vehicle before it explodes. A little later, the soldiers chase Roy's team through a large warehouse and finally manage to corner them, along with Mrs. Bradley. Roy raises his hands above his head, but says, You won't shoot, not with her here. But the soldier in charge coldly gives the order. Shoot everyone except Colonel Mustang. Gunshots ring out, and the central soldiers fall to the ground, clutching at bleeding wounds in their arms and legs. In the rafters above, Roy's old war comrades lower their weapons, and more enter the room from behind, holding guns on the Central Soldiers. Everyone except the colonel, one of them asks. So you were going to shoot the Fuhrer's wife, too? Roy frowns. Those were the words I wanted to hear, but now I wish I hadn't. His men round up the Central Soldiers, while poor Mrs. Bradley begins to tremble, eyes wide with shock. Have my husband and I been abandoned by this country? She asks shakily. Or was it my husband who abandoned me? Roy kneels down beside her. I don't know, ma'am. I don't know, but I promise that we will protect your life no matter what. And when all of this is over, you can prove to the good people of this nation that we weren't the ones who crossed the line. One of Roy's men looks out the window and calls out that more troops are coming, and another says to the leader of the Central Soldiers, You're lucky. If we were Briggs troops, you'd already be dead, before shooting him through the thigh and leaving him writhing on the ground. Roy's team starts to move out. They ask if he hasn't told Mrs. Bradley that the Fuhrer is missing yet, and he replies that he doesn't want her passing out from the shock and making it harder to move around. Another soldier comments on just how many troops have swarmed the area. You sure are popular, Colonel. And Roy says to try and lure them in. The others will be making their move right about now. Over at the command center, the officer in charge is getting more and more frustrated with his soldier's inability to wipe out so few opponents, though one of his men on the radio updates with the fact that several more have joined Mustang on the field. That bastard. Where did he get so many men? The officer gripes, then demands a damage report. 59 wounded, the man reports. Zero casualties. And out on the field, the central soldiers are realizing the same thing. Considering their opponents include such infamously deadly soldiers as the flame alchemist, with the hawk's eye watching over him, it's impossibly lucky that no one has died. Roy's team isn't shooting to kill. The officer in charge is enraged by this, perceiving it as mockery. He orders more squads sent out roaring that he wants to see Mustang and his men's corpses stacked in front of him. "'Don't let them get in his way,' he snaps, to the confusion of his subordinates. Over at HQ, Olivier listens as the other higher-ups gripe about Mustang's attack on the city, and when they mention the lack of fatalities, she comments, "'Colonel Mustang must have gone soft.'" They start to grumble agreement, until she continues, "'But the Central City troops must be even softer if they can't defeat them. Since its founding, this country has never been attacked by a powerful enemy.'" "'You could thank the man downstairs keeping our borders safe by staying on the offensive. "'But that overconfidence is this country's biggest weakness. "'You're great at attacking, but have a terrible defense.' "'She pauses to give a smug smirk. "'How about lending me a few of your central city troops?' "'One of the other officers scowls and leans in to glare at her. "'You forget your place, Armstrong,' he says. "'Do you really think you're here because of your abilities? "'You're merely being detained here, that's all. "'I'm aware of the close bonds between you and your Briggs troops.' Keeping you here acts as a powerful deterrent against the threat of resistance from those men. The other officer in the room, who had shown her the mindless army waiting underground, reminds her of that additional threat if she thinks of acting out. But Olivia just laughs at all of this. "'You understand nothing about us,' she says. "'I've already told my men to abandon me in the event of an emergency. Survival of the fittest is the law of Briggs. If I died here, they would simply cast me aside because I was too weak. A force that can act unflinchingly and without hesitation even in my absence. That's the Briggs way.' She turns to meet the officer's glare. Don't talk so lightly about the troops I've trained without knowing the facts. And as she speaks, another conversation takes place in a darkened room somewhere. Colonel Mustang is engaged in combat in the western industrial sector. A large number of enemy troops have been sent there. Alright, let's go. We can finally say goodbye to this underground storage. Out of the darkness, Buccaneer, backed by a large number of other brig soldiers, emerges with a fierce grin. It's time to rip out the throats of those spineless fools in Central City Headquarters. Back at HQ, Olivier smiles as alarms begin to sound. See? Here they come now. Veterans all. Each one of them capable of going toe-to-toe with a Briggs Mountain grizzly. She smirks at the other officers. Those dolls that you're all so proud of, versus my men. I wonder which will prove to be stronger. Out on the streets, the Central troops scramble to react to the sudden and apparently out-of-nowhere arrival of so many more attackers. How many men do they have, one soldier demands, and a soldier listening to the radio responds, Unknown, sir, but judging from their equipment, they must be from the north. He finishes the statement just in time for a Briggs soldier to leap on his superior from behind, taking the man down with a knife to his throat. Blood sprays, and the Briggs troops move on. Back with Roy, he's explaining the Briggs soldier's arrival to one of his men. He worked with Olivier to keep them hidden in the Armstrong mansion, sneaking men and arms in with the construction supplies while it was under repair. Another soldier skids in, interrupting the conversation to frantically ask for another clip, but everyone is running low on ammo now. Roy tells both of them to leave him behind if things get bad, which they immediately agree to, to Roy's slight annoyance. On the opposing side, the central troops take note of the fact that Roy's group hasn't been attacking with guns much lately, relying mostly on Roy's flame alchemy, and they deduce that they're almost out of ammo and prepare to make a final attack. Before they can make a move, though, an ice cream truck comes careening through the battlefield, sending central soldiers <laughs> leaping back and startling Roy's group as it screeches to a stop in front of them. The back of the truck pops open, and Reese's friend Rebecca hops out and cheerfully greets them. When I saw the flames, I thought it might be you guys. Let me guess, out of ammo? She rolls up the side panel of the truck, revealing boxes of arms and ammo, and everyone cheers and starts distributing it around. The driver, who's wearing a hooded coat, leans down to hand Roy a gun, and then smiles. Long time no see, Colonel Mustang," she says, pulling down her hood and saluting. Second Lieutenant Maria, Second Lieutenant Maria Ross, returning to duty without authorization, sir. <laughs> yay!
1: yay,
2: yay she did it.
0: <laughs> Nearby, Rebecca helps set up and fire a grenade launcher, which covers the field with enough smoke and tear gas to let everyone pile into the truck and make a clean getaway. In the back of the truck, the soldiers and Mrs. Bradley listen as Rebecca talks about the Sheenies' weapons they were able to bring in. I never noticed Mrs. Bradley in there just kind of quietly listening to everybody
1: <laughs> until, <this laughs>
0: until I read it this time.
1: <laughs> she's their hostage.
0: Yeah, she's just like, okay. <laughs> Guess this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Roy and Risa sit up in the cab with Maria, and Roy asks who authorized all of this. Would you like to speak to him directly, Colonel? She asks with a smile. The truck stops in a wooded area nearby, and Fury uses the telephone pole there to wire up a communication device. Maria hands Roy the receiver, and, unsure of what kind of important gene official he might be talking to, he very formally begins, This is Colonel Mustang from the state military speaking. Thank you very much for... But a laugh on the other end of the line cuts him off. No need to be so polite, sir, the voice says. Let's just talk to each other like we always do, Colonel. Roy's eyes widen in shock, as Jean Havoc continues, Serving the community for 80 years, this is Havoc's, your neighborhood general store. We have everything from rubber waistbands for your underwear to armored trucks. One phone call and we'll deliver anywhere. (laughs) Well, sir, how would you like to pay? Roy recovers from his surprise and grins widely. I'll pay you when I'm promoted. Put it on my tab. That's the end of chapter eighty-nine.
2: Yeah. yeah. Everybody's,
0: Everybody's back. back. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> back streets Edward. back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> I don't know what's gotten into me. I'm all the song and dance today.
0: <laughs> Roy's group doesn't not resemble a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> that is true.
1: There's the tall one, the blonde one. There's the one with the goatee, AKA Havoc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there's the little one. There's Fury. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and the goodest boy, Black Hayate. Yes, the <laughs> mascot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that boy bands have, right? <laughs>
0: Chapter 90 opens with Ed's group outside the city, where Lanfant and Darius are able to pick up the signs of the ongoing battle in Central, rising smoke and distant alarms. Ed takes that to mean that Roy is making his move, and he contemplates for a moment what they should do. I say we take advantage of the commotion and strike at the center of the underground passageways, he decides. Honheim agrees, saying that he has a countermeasure in place in case the nationwide circle is activated, but it would be best to prevent that from happening in the first place. He gazes out at the city on the horizon. He's still the same dwarf inside the flask. He's just gotten bigger, that's all. If we destroy the container, he'll most likely die. Inside him are trapped the countless souls of Xerxes' citizens that are crying out for help. Ed frowns, clearly unsure how to respond to that, and the others begin to discuss how they're even going to reach Father in his lair. Scar suggests the tunnel entrance he took with May back when they all first met Father underground, warning that it's guarded by many Chimera, but that all of them together should be able to get through. Darius suggests that the injured Heinkel and non-combatants Marco and Yoki stay behind to keep watch and wait for Fu's return. Yoki is particularly eager to take that suggestion.
1: (laughs) I think you generously described him as a (laughs) non-combatant.
0: Non-combatant Marco and General fuck up Yoki.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're ruining our plans. uh... (laughs) I like how Yoki fervently nods when he's like, why don't you stay behind? He's like, yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As everyone prepares to move out, Ed approaches the Dome of Earth and calls out to Al. We're going to go kick the crap out of that bearded guy who lives underground, Ed says, and Al tells him to be careful. Ed promises to, knocking his fist against the outside of the wall of dirt, and Al returns the gesture from the inside. Behind him, Pride continues to tap the stick against Al's helmet, the metallic sound ringing out. Back at Central HQ, Olivier sits very calmly as the angry officer holds a gun to her head and screams at her to call off her men. I don't know who these guys are, what, what these guys' names are.
1: They're the just the bad <laughs> asshole guys. Asshole one and asshole two. Yeah, yeah pretty
0: much. <laughs> "'Do you really think you can get away with this?' he demands. "'I'd like to ask you the same question,' Olivier shoots back. "'This so-called father told you, didn't he? "'About what's being sacrificed and what he's trying to achieve?' "'Yes, he told me. "'We, the Chosen Ones, will ascend to even greater heights, "'and this country of Amestris will change the world. "'The sacrifices that accompany this transformation can't be helped. "'Don't you see? It's for the greater good.' Olivier looks increasingly irritated as he rattles off this party line and finally says, "'You bastards are hopeless.' The other officer has only a moment to look confused before, quick as a flash, Olivier draws her sword and embeds it deep into his arm. He drops his gun from the pain and shock, and Olivier catches it in her free hand and whips around to aim it at the other man before he can make any move in response, holding them both at her mercy. Scum like you who observe the battlefield from a safe location talk about sacrifice as if it's something sublime. You don't even know the meaning of the word. The officer, without a sword through his arm, fails to hide his fear as he grits out, "'Will you turn traitor, Armstrong?' "'Who knows?' she replies. "'By the time all of this is over, I might be a hero. "'But one thing's certain. "'I'm not as soft as the hero of Ishval.' "'She pulls the trigger, and he falls to the ground with a bullet between his eyes. "'The commotion brings a pair of soldiers running into the room, "'but they stop short at the sight in front of them. "'Back out on the streets, Danny Brush has found Major Armstrong "'helping with the medical response to the attack. "'He runs up to ask him what's going on, "'and Alex matter-of-factly explains that Mustang and his subordinates "'have taken the Führer's wife hostage and are on the run in the city.' This only serves to add to Denny's existing hatred for Mustang over the murder of his partner, and Alex stays awkwardly silent as he rages about Mustang being the devil. (laughs) When he's done, Alex gives him a few more details about their modified armored ice cream truck and the apparent involvement of Briggs troops, until another soldier runs up and whispers something to him about Major General Armstrong and military command. My older sister? Alex cries in alarm. Nearby, Fu is making his way through the city, taking in all the rumors floating around him. He knows to himself that things are happening fast, and that he needs to find the prince as soon as possible. Unfortunately, he can't track him through Greed's presence, since the massive presence underground overshadows even that. He looks down with a concerned frown and thinks, The presence underground seems to have grown much larger than it was just a day ago. Deep below ground, an ominous force seems to emanate from Father, where he sits almost motionless. It goes unnoticed by most people, but the animals in the city begin to act strangely. Out in the woods, Pride continues to tap on Al's helm, and Father opens his eyes. Meanwhile, Ed's group has entered the city, but they find the tunnel entrance Scar and May used is in an area now swarming with central soldiers. Fortunately, Ed suddenly remembers another entrance, the basement beneath Lab Number 3, where Al accompanied Roy's group while pursuing Barry the Chopper's body, and where they eventually fought Lost. They find that lab much less inaccessible, with only a few guards standing by the gate. Darius prepares for a fight, but Ed has another idea. Now's the time for me to make use of my title, he says, then runs up to the soldiers, waving his silver pocket watch around. Help me, Mr. Soldier! I'm Edward Elric, the state alchemist! Scar is chasing me! Help! (laughs) Scar, still hiding in the bushes nearby with the others, looks just as surprised by this as the soldiers. (laughs) The soldiers quickly turn to aim weapons at the wanted fugitive, and Ed jumps them from behind and knocks them out. (laughs) That wasn't very nice, Hohenheim observes as they file into the building. (laughs) I left scars like wait what like can- <laughs> yeah i
1: interpreted ed as being like help me scar is chasing me <laughs> yeah. that was that was how i read it in my head
2: <laughs> kind of makes me think of uh what was it when uh winry was chasing ed with a wrench <laughs> like, one TV. time yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i figured he was doing his like it's me edward elric state alchemist voice again <laughs>
3: maybe
1: mm. <laughs> like when he was like and let me transmute this i'm that. Yeah. that, make you a sick baby carriage fix your car or whatever yeah <laughs> perhaps i do like how home like that's not very nice <laughs> yeah
0: and know the little like like doodle of him press like with the the uh pocket watch swinging mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes and then evilly sneaking up on them from behind, like a Dracula or whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Inside, Ed leads them down the halls until he finds the wall with transmutation traces. Then quickly throws up one of his own tacky doors and leads them all deeper. It's very. Tacky. I feel like even when he's in a rush, he makes it this like elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> iron door.
2: Is that just how he sees the world? Yeah. Huh? Like he just sees a door and's like. <laughs> Just envisions, like, a, a head or something on it, every yeah, time. Yeah, like, I don't know how to make a to door without a skull is. on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every door looks like it's, like, from a pirate castle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At the fork in the path, the group pauses to decide how they should
0: split up. Hohenheim suggests that he go one way and Edward and Scar go the other, which Ed vehemently protests. To his further annoyance, though, Hohenheim's reasoning is sound. It makes sense to split up the alchemy skill in the group. And it also makes sense to have someone whose alchemy can't be stopped by father, like Scars. Hohenheim adds that his alchemy is special, so he'll be fine alone, but he could use a bodyguard, and he cheerfully suggests Lanfawn for the role. As they start to split up, Zampano asks if Hohenheim and L'Enfant will really be okay with just the two of them, and Hohenheim cheekily says, Don't worry, we'll be fine. Old guys like me prefer being with young women. Ed's silent rage grows, and the others scoff at Hohenheim being a dirty old man as they continue on their way. But once they're a little ways down the tunnel, Hohenheim pauses and says, You have to search for the Prince of Sheen, right? Then go. Lanfon looks up, startled, and Hohenheim smiles. Don't worry about us. He's important to you, isn't he? Lanfon hesitates for a second, then parkours up the walls and through an open grating (laughs) in the ceiling. Thank you, very much, she says earnestly, then takes off to search for Ling. Over in the creepy doll section of the underground tunnels, Major General Poor Decisions over here has decided that now (laughs) is the time to unleash the mindless army. Indeed. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: But now is the time to unleash the mindless army against the traitors, despite the protests of the scientists down there urgently exclaiming that they haven't finished testing. The general pushes past him and pulls the lever to start pumping the puppets full of philosopher's stone soul juice, which horrifically causes each one to open a single staring eye and start screaming, a sound that echoes out to be heard by everyone walking through the tunnels. The dolls drop to the floor and begin to shuffle forward, mumbling disjointed cries of, It hurts. Help me. Papa. The general, who has never seen a horror movie before, steps up with his (laughs) arms spread eagerly. That's right, I'm your father. Listen to what your papa tells you. The nearest doll tilts its head in confusion, then opens its mouth in a wide, drooling grin. Papa, it says, then lunges forward to sink its teeth into the general's neck. More dolls leap upon him, tearing him to pieces as he falls to the ground while the terrified scientist watches. He screams in horror, which draws the attention of the dolls and though he draws a gun and fires wildly at them, the bullets don't do anything to stop them. Elsewhere, Ed's group has found their way to the large esoteric bullshit doors underground. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone starts to get uneasy, but Ed looks down and notices the remains of Barry the Chopper, where both body and soul finally died. So this is where he was killed, he thinks. Ed decides that means something important must be behind the doors, and steps up to try and figure out how to get it open. He tries to pry at the seam for a moment before the doors suddenly start to open on their own. Ed is pleased for a second until the doll army starts flooding out.
1: It's not horrifying at all. None of it's horrifying. Yeah. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Ed has also never seen a
1: horror movie because he's like, oh, it opened. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> when they, they turn all the dolls on, they put all the souls in them, and they start screaming. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm,
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I was like, that's bad. That shouldn't be happening, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I feel like the scientist is probably like, I don't think it's supposed to work like that.
0: (laughs) He's like, yeah, that's what the testing would have been for.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Outside
0: the city, Heinkel watches the smoke rise for a moment, wondering if everyone else is doing okay and grumbling about how frustrating it is to be left behind waiting. He wanders back over to the Earth Dome, listening to the sound of Pride still banging away with that stick. That sound's been getting on my nerves since yesterday, he gripes, then calls out to ask Al what the hell all that noise is. Al explains that it's Salem playing with his head, and Hinkle sighs that he really is a kid despite the monster inside. But after listening for a moment more, his eyes suddenly go wide. Stop him, Alphonse! Stop him from making that sound! He shouts. It's Morse code! He's telling them our locate. He cuts himself off as he senses someone approaching from behind, but he's too late to dodge Kimblee's explosive attack, which tears up his back and blows a hole in the dome trapping Pride. Al stares in shock as Pride emerges from behind him with a smile. Thank you for coming to pick me up, Kimblee. Gimbley complains that he has other work to be doing, and Pride gives a childish laugh as the eyes and teeth of his shadows come back to life. Forgive me, he says. I won't let my guard down again. Which ends chapter 90.
2: Famous last words, huh, <laughs> punk? <laughs>
0: yeah, punk.
1: <laughs> like, oh, he's just a kid playing with my helmet. Just kidding. He's been sending the Morse code the whole
2: time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, and I was mm-hmm. like, I keep showing Salim doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's important, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I remember what happened. <laughs> oh, I can't talk about it though.
0: Yeah, you have this couple like ominous panels and you're like, what's going on with this? This isn't gonna be good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, is he too? Do- no, and then, then like the next panel, Heinkel's like, he's doing Morse code. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nah. That's not good. And then Kimberly shows up. She's like, no, not Kimberly." That's, like, the worst possible it, scenario.
2: Honestly, what I thought I remembered was Sloth tunneling through to, like, dig a hole through the earth. Like, that's his thing. That's what he does. But uh, I guess it was Kimberly. I forgot
1: like about beaver. that. <laughs> like a Like a mole. Like a mole. Like a a a yeah. yeah. They're known for that. They're known for digging, <laughs> right? <laughs> That wasn't on the Canadian Citizenship Test, i just saying.
0: I so they're known for uh, hanging out in the subway. subway. station, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're known for having delicious pastry tails, apparently.
0: Well, I feel like every part of this continent it has like a fried dough variant.
1: Yeah, Okay. They're all
0: called something absurd.
1: <laughs> like, what are the others? Other than beaver tails. Like
0: elephant ears and beaver tails mm-hmm. and funnel cakes, yeah, yeah. which at least is descriptive, mm-hmm. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, funnel cake does look like it was made with a funnel, like mm-hmm. pouring batter into a thing. Yeah. Like fritters. <laughs> anyway, beaver tails. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm really interested in, like, that kind of, this is a total tangent, but, like, that kind of, like, <laughs> foo- a type of food that, like, exists in, like, mulch- most cultures in some form, like dumplings. Mm-hmm. True. It's like every culture some... has decided to fry dough, and like every culture has decided Definitely. to like wrap things in pastry and like fry or steam them. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Or like pickles.
0: Mhm.
1: Or like that kind of stuff. I feel like it's just like people all figure things out. Humans figured out a bunch of things that were like, well, if we make this goo and then we fry it, it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> this powdered <laughs> grain or whatever. Mhm
2: you know there's an interesting story behind that actually
1: <laughs> making dumplings there's... or something else well like the
2: the um like yeah put it basically dumplings are the equivalent of mm-hmm. um it actually originated in like the middle east mm. and there was a famous chef who one who traveled to the east one who traveled to the west <laughs>
3: <I> fucking <laughs> <hate> you <laughs> <laughs>
1: by that I mean I love you (laughs) thank you I was like is this some like Marco Polo shit
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh and I was like I was the dumpling philosopher from the west (laughs) (laughs) the dumpling chef from
1: the west and the dumpling chef of the east
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Ling got his mission from the Dumpling Queen.
1: <laughs> they are like uh like the dumpling's pulse. It's the pulse of mostly the all of the earth. It's just a regular cooking manga now. flies in all of us, huh? What? It's just a regular cooking.
0: It's just a regular cooking manga now.
1: Yeah. <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for the the, like ma- magical ingredient that'll like make all their their food good
2: it's salt it's salt, it's, yeah. salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different story if that's the case
1: <laughs> <It's salt. laughs> i think you're the philosopher from the east the dumpling philosopher from the east <laughs> didn't i say that my alchemist name would be something about cooking i forget like the cast iron I think he did
0: (laughs) Roy's the flame dumpling chef because he just burns everything he tries to cook (laughs) (laughs) so if anyone wants to hire us for the spin-off series
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm available and I write jokes (laughs) I (laughs) mean it's a cross podcast (laughs) joke it is not good also it's going to be like a week delayed because (laughs) this one comes out next week no wait no 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 it'll be the same week yeah <laughs> also uh Cosmo is the one who's writing all the jokes so you know <laughs> He's like if you need somebody to troll your audience that's me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall anyway. we continue? <laughs> Please. <laughs> and the madness. And then we can have dumplings after, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chapter 91 opens with Marco and Yoki observing the soldiers that presumably arrived at the slum with Kimberly. Marco worries that Al is in danger and tries to head in, but Yoki stops him, pointing out that he's still in hiding and can't let the military find out who he is. But I can't just sit by and watch, Marco protests. Don't be stupid. If you get taken hostage, you won't be helping Alphonse and the others. Let's just stay put for now, okay? And however motivated by self-preservation that might be, Marco realizes <laughs> that he has a point and reluctantly backs down for the moment. Over by the dome, Kimbley asks what happened to Gluttony, and Pride very casually says, Oh, I ate him. You ate him? Your ally? He was no ally, Pride says dismissively. He swings Al's head by its tassel and tosses it to him. We're one and the same. Both of us were born from the same father. We just went back to being one, that's all. Kimbley frowns slightly at this. Is that so? Al, head now back in place, runs over to poor Heinkel, who is now even more badly injured, though still clinging to life. Kimblee is mildly impressed. You Chimera sure are full of vitality. But before Al can make any attempt to help him, Pride's shadows have wrapped around his legs, ensnaring him once more. I won't let you get away, Pride says firmly. Al makes a frustrated noise, then puts his hands together and uses alchemy to kick up a cloud of dust, concealing him and Heinkel. Pride scoffs at this, continuing to drag him backward, but much to his surprise, he finds that Al has actually severed the bottoms
1: of his legs to escape. He's also a gecko! (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> i really like I S- uh, salem's face
1: mm-hmm.
2: when uh i, I just uh, i i didn't i just noticed it and <laughs> i can't stop looking at it
1: wait what you really like what on his face
2: it's just like the, the picture of, of kimberly holding his hat and salem just down there with his eyes like closed frowning or something
1: oh what you mean during the explosion
2: yeah. yeah
1: or during the dust the dust cloud mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's kind it's of adorable actually yeah. <laughs> it's cute when he's not being evil he Yeah
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, get oh, with
1: the The dust's gotta, dust gotta hold onto my hat <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Does this count as child dismemberment?
1: <laughs> uh, Al severs I- the bottom oh. <laughs> of his armored legs
0: <laughs> Within the dust cloud, Al struggles to drag Heinkel away with his now impaired mobility Heinkel weakly tries to tell Al to just leave him behind so they don't both wind up dead But Al refuses to hear it don't worry about anything else. Just think about surviving. I'll help you escape no matter what. And though he stumbles on his damaged legs, he keeps going, shouting for Heinkel to hang on. Geez, you brothers. Why are you two always trying to help people when your own bodies are falling apart? Heinkel grins weakly. That's right. Kimberly always used to say that the last one standing is the winner. Thanks to him, I just remembered something that might shift the odds. He lifts up his fist and opens his hand. I found it in the Northern Mines when Kimbley abandoned us, he says, and Al stares down at the Philosopher's Stone in his palm. Give him hell, Alphonse. Back with Pride and Kimbley. Kimbley complains about the dust cloud, while well, Pride just says that they're still in there and they won't get far in Al's broken legs. But then a sudden huge spark of alchemical energy rushes from the dust, and then Al emerges. Well, well, he's not trying to escape at all, Kimbley says, grinning as he watches Al stride forward on newly mended legs, his eyes burning. Impressive. Most impressive, Alphonse Elric. Back in the central tunnels, May is back, running for her life from the doll soldiers with tiny Envy's jar held over her head. <laughs> she yells that Envy tricked her, while Envy, bouncing around inside the jar, insists that the secret of immortality is totally just a little farther. <laughs> I like how much bouncing around inside that jar Envy does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like boink, boink, boink. <laughs> <laughs> While fending off the attackers, May loses her grip on the jar, and Envy manages to pop the cork out of the opening. I'm free, they cry, soaring through the air, until they (laughs) land on the back of a doll soldier. (laughs) May runs in to try and retrieve her only clue to immortality, but it's too late. Envy has taken over the creature. With Envy's influence, the dolls begin to bite and grab each other and merge into a horrible screaming mass. The mass shapes itself into a familiar figure, Envy's enormous true form, before compressing down to the smaller human-looking form. I'm back, Envy taunts, standing up and striding toward May. Thanks for bringing me all the way here, little girl. Couldn't have done it without you. May uneasily takes on a fighting stance. Everybody's back.
1: (laughs) Yay! I didn't think it could get worse, though. Mm I was like, now they're eating each other. (laughs) That's not any better.
2: (laughs) I will. I. I. I will take one envy over a thousand of those dolls, though. (laughs) Let's be fair.
1: Envy does have intelligence, so I guess that's slightly better, yeah. It's probably... it's probably less deadly,
0: but way more annoying. (laughs) That's what really (laughs) annoying, though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Back at Central HQ, Olivia has now fully taken the remaining living officer hostage, as she walks through the halls with her sword held to his throat and a gun in her other hand to ward off anyone else she passes. Order them to withdraw all Central City troops that are fighting Mustang and the Briggs soldiers, she says to the officer as a pair of soldiers hesitantly aim their guns at her and her hostage. The officer says nothing, and she stabs her sword through his foot. If you don't withdraw your men, the Briggs troops won't hesitate to continue fighting. The officer hesitates, then, to Olivier's surprise, he shouts, Close the northern, southern, eastern, and western gates of the central city headquarters. Don't let a single one of the Briggs troops nor Mustang's men inside. Olivier smiles grimly. Hmm, you're rotten, but it seems you're not totally spineless after all. The officer begins to scream his rage at her, but Olivier and the other soldiers are reacting with shock to something else entirely. Olivier leaps away just in time to avoid Sloth's hand slamming down, crushing the officer beneath his massive palm. Sloth lifts his hand, looking confused for a moment, until he realizes his intended target got away. He points toward Olivier. Oh, that one. Don't resist. Too much work. He told me to kill you. Despite this threat, Olivier smirks. Ha! Huh. Another position above me has opened up. Is it a threat? <laughs> I it's like, don't move. Too much
1: work. <laughs> I think the threat is more than
0: his giant monsters looming over her.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's legit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just smooshed the wrong person by accident, though. So is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> she swings her sword in a dramatic arc to hold it at the ready as she stands before Sloth. I appreciate your help, Homunculus. Thanks to you, I didn't have to soil this sword, which has been passed down the Armstrong line for generations with the blood of scum guys she said the thing she said it what's <laughs> funny is when i was first reading like one of the uh, introductory chapters with her there's like a close-up of the sword you can see it's got like rose roses like etched into the blade
3: <laughs> and i was just like that
0: sword looks like it's been passed down the armstrong line for generations <laughs> and so then we got to this chapter and she was, and she said it and i was like yes yes
1: <laughs> i was like she is like alex <laughs> <laughs>
0: Underground, Ed and the others are struggling to fight back against the doll soldiers, who just keep fighting no matter how horrifically damaged they get. What the heck are these creepy things? Zampano and Darius cry as they fight them. And why won't they die? Ed has seen enough similar horrors to hazard a guess. These things. They've attached people's souls onto these dolls. Everyone wonders how they're supposed to kill them, and then Girso notices a few of them wandering toward the door the group entered from. Stop, he shouts, using his sticky saliva to pin them to the ground, before calling out to Ed. Ed quickly seals up the door with alchemy, keeping the dolls from leaving, but also blocking their own escape. Sorry, I blocked off the exit, Ed says, but everyone else agrees that keeping these things from getting outside is most important. Ed watches the dolls' mindless movement and their desperate cries of pain and hunger and cries for their mother. How could they make such things, he wonders, but then focuses his attention on the door they came from. In any case, we need to get past them if we're going to kick the crap out of that bearded guy. It ain't going to be easy. And everyone surges forward to continue the attack. Elsewhere in the tunnels, Hohenheim has found his way to Father's domain. You came alone, Father says, without turning or even looking up from his book. I was sure you'd bring the brothers, too. I don't need that many people just to scold one little troublemaking brat like you. Hohenheim casually walks around to the front of Father's throne, hands in his pockets, and gives him a smirk right dwarf in the flask father scowls and slowly stands up slave 23 you once gave me a part of yourself this time you will become a part of me that's the end of chapter 91
1: Wow! shit's going down shit's getting crazy yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my god so many things happened wow
0: (laughs) yeah no lots of returning characters
1: they're there (laughs) <laughs> Except for who who did they say didn't come back on the podcast that we were on the fundamental analyst, analyst podcast?
2: Well, I remember um, it was a, the
1: dude, the dude from Dominic Tom Dominic, the Dominic, guy from Rush yeah. Rally. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like, he doesn't come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hasn't come back. Oh, huh? Yeah,
2: and in, in that, I said, oh, I think he does. I th- I thought he was the one that gave um, Lanfan her arm, but mm. I, I well, actually, I guess they didn't say who did yet they may or they may not i don't remember I don't
1: maybe they don't i assume they're not going to say but doesn't say it wasn't okay. him
2: <laughs> so it was him there we go bam yeah
1: the problem
0: solved <laughs> yeah i think he does get mentioned again though so it depends on your definition of return <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. but yeah we got uh i mean danny brush is back maria ross havoc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i how brock Man, v unfortunately has like a
1: telescope and stuff <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Like how Danny Brash seems to be like the main bread, seems to be like the main breadwinner of a family of just a, all his younger siblings.
1: Yeah, and like his, <laughs> it looks like older people in the background, like maybe his grandparents or mom or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, or maybe it is all his younger siblings. I don't know. It's hard to tell. When he was leaving, the ones leaving, mm-hmm. the ones that were in the background when he was leaving. I mean, they're like, you're gonna miss breakfast. Maybe they are younger. I don't know. I think it's all, but it's cute because he he's mm-hmm. taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, He tells them all to stay inside Shit's going down Yeah I mean it's legit mm-hmm. Also there's a solar eclipse this Is going to be a solar eclipse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that the special astrological event That we've it can't, been waiting for it can't be relevant by, at all <laughs> And by astrological what yeah. I meant was astronomical Because this is an esoteric bullshit corner, <laughs> corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah anyway it can't be that mm-hmm. It's like oh my god Whoa solar eclipse Whoa mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there was a solar eclipse a couple years ago. Everyone was like mm-hmm. trying to blind themselves.
1: <laughs> you were actually in, in the darkness zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was and you cool. said it was whack. Mm-hmm.
0: Everything <laughs> got dark and the crickets so were like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, totally not going to be relevant to anything coming. No, I imagine yeah. that it won't be. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe they are all younger than him. There's like a girl who looks kind of like she's like Winry's age in mm-hmm. the background um, making breakfast. There's,
2: yeah. She and ooh, a
1: cat. It's hard to tell.
2: Is there yeah. someone who looks like an older grandma lady?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, it's a baby. I, I mean, her face she isn't got, defined, so got... it could just
0: be someone with curly hair. <laughs> I think they're yeah. all <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the implication is that they're all like his younger siblings. They're all little. That makes sense. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We got two cats, too? Or is that just one cat and a weird blob?
1: A bag? <laughs> 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 I think it's just one cat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's a spotty cat. Mm hmm it's also like, like next to the
2: stairs it looks like it could be one but that might also be like
1: it's a bag i think
2: it's a bag. <laughs> no it's a bag okay mm-hmm.
1: but it is the whole scene is cute where mm-hmm. they're like um every all the stuff is like covered in toys all the place is covered in toys it looks mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. then he's sleeping in like a bunk bed it looks yeah. like so he probably like shares his room with somebody mm-hmm. it's all very sweet yeah
0: it's also cute and kind of sad that he's like still like obviously really holding a grudge against mustang for Mm. what he assumes he he did to maria
1: he's like that bastard (laughs) like (laughs) our song is like "Mm -hmm 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 -hmm." yeah (laughs) 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 just gonna look over here (laughs) yeah just gonna pretend (laughs) that i don't know what happened (laughs) maybe they'll run into each other though she's back in central so (laughs) so where did they start it you said in your dialogue they were attacking like a industrial area Mm -hmm. so where did they actually like start this attack? I was trying to kind of like figure it out, and I couldn't really tell. It's not just like a base or something.
0: It seems like a big warehouse kind of thing, and the Briggs troops mm-hmm. say he's in like the western industrial sector. So mm-hmm. I think they're just like making a commotion, rather yeah, than like, they just attacking started, a specific target.
1: Like, started blowing shit up, and then they started drawing yeah, all the soldiers seemed... there or something, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. so that the Briggs soldiers had less to deal yeah. with.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
2: Because, yeah. because I, I guess the Armstrong Manor was in the east. Where they were all hiding out.
1: Mm-hmm. Were they hiding in like the basement? Oh yeah, it said so that they snuck everybody in and snuck guns and stuff in while they were uh, doing the construction. Because so. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can fit an entire battalion in there or whatever they said. Yeah, wink, wink. Unsettly back mm-hmm. then.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, I guess you read the the text that you posted because I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, are we reading this yet? Mm-hmm.
1: Did you yeah, post did. that?
2: Because yeah, mm-hmm. um, Now Someone mentioned that in the scene where they were reconstructing uh we saw one of the brig soldiers in the background
0: The mechanic doing the cleanup yeah it's the like uh yeah it's the like um yeah like worker guy who's like everyone get out of the way when sloth is coming up from the underground
3: mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: oh that guy okay Mm -hmm.
0: yeah they're like this pipe is making a weird sound Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) listen another our listener olivia sent a message that that added a bunch of space so that I didn't get spoiled, so thank you. <laughs> Commented yeah, about yeah, yeah. this. <laughs> Sent us a note about this. This says, the guy named Bobby, he has a name? I wasn't even aware. <laughs> yeah, I think the other guys
0: are like, hey, Bobby, come check out this weird sound. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. Apparently he's there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they had a whole plan going on.
0: Yep. But Yeah, so uh, 100% confirmation that Olivier didn't go to the dark side. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> are you sure? I mean... <laughs> She said that there's a, a position open above her now in the military. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> she also sliced a guy's arm like down the
2: yeah down the muscle. I
1: was like, this yeah. looks really really uncomfortable. She's brutal. Yeah. Just, not like, the, uh, just not on the just not on the bed. that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, she did just mm-hmm. kill a guy and uh, mm-hmm. maim the other one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah like how, walk like, around while threatening him with his yeah, bleeding. Arm, I like the
0: contrast so. between like Roy's troop, like. Shooting to injure yeah. and the Briggs troops just, like,
1: tearing through the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, well, she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, by the way, if uh, if it was, like, Roy's... Or, like, you know, if it was Briggs troops, they'd all be dead by now or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who
2: so, said that. So, but... one of the things that, that I always thought is, like, how do you not kill people by setting off a bunch of explosions and, like, try, like, using fire? And then I remember this time that they talk a lot about how Mustang learned to control the fires mm-hmm. and how... To not kill people with his fires and how he learned you know. how to
1: burn a tiny piece of paper and also just barely injure a woman's back. So, yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess it makes sense. It just doesn't look like that's what he's doing when you see those
1: no.
0: massive explosions. Yeah. I mean, but I guess... well, he's he's, he's, just... he's only blowing up like empty trucks and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all getting. Yeah. I think all the injuries are just like gunshot to the to the toe, gunshot oh, to the to the calf. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, nothing that they won't be able to recover from. I guess in theory,
2: yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about just how well put together this chap, these chapters are?
1: Yeah. It's
2: good. Um I just uh, I love how everything's coming together. And like everyone's with like the right like in the right spot, you mm-hmm.
3: know?
2: Like um Kimberly stumbled his way to Dr. Marco, you know, one of his targets and Al who has a philosopher's stone. So like they kind of match well together. Mm-hmm. You've got Envy finding their way to um to to oh yeah those because like I, I, when the, the zombies started coming up you know it, they had similar like phrases to to Envy's creepy mm-hmm. amorphous blobs on mm-hmm. his body I was like oh that's very that's very Envy esque mm-hmm. and then Envy ends up fusing with all of that and then you've got of course Father and Hohenheim mm-hmm. and I know there's more. Just, well, Sloth and, and Armstrong, I feel like they go together. Like,
1: yeah, it's true. He popped the, up out of the huge, ground at her yeah. base. So. He's <laughs> got a history, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, all the, all the soldiers reconnected, like Darius and Heinkel and Drusso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Briefly, before they left um, yeah. Heinkel. They're like, are you here to kill me? And they're like, are you here mm-hmm. to kill me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Heinkel has almost died, like, so many times. <laughs> Especially recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I like when Al pops out. Of the, the smoke at the end. all the dust at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, It's like, oh, shit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool scene. And I like how Kimberly's
1: just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, this is the fight that I've been waiting for all this time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I want to find out if my soul is in the balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one thing that... um reminded me of kimberly was how olivier armstrong was like i wonder who will be stronger those like shitty dolls that you made or or my like men from briggs and i was like that is kind of mm-hmm. what kimberly said or he was like i want to see who wins like humans versus someone mm-hmm. of July and whatever so kind of reminded me of that
2: i don't know i i pictured that to be in much more confidence than like a morbid
0: curiosity
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: But yeah, I think she's like, spoiler alert, it's my men. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, it was more of a threat. I wonder if it'll be better. It wasn't a question, (laughs) it wasn't a question, but it did remind me of that, regardless. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. fair, yeah. I think they're both kind of about you know, like pushing human limits and stuff, right? Yeah, they both Mm -hmm. have like they're similar in some ways,
0: different takes on it, but both kind of ascribe to a survival of the fittest kind of
2: yeah, yeah. In like a, a true sense, unlike all like, cause I yeah, I feel like he uh Kimberly gets it most best out of all the other people we've seen try to interpret the meaning of the survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. for Briggs,
0: yeah, he's definitely more on the like individual merit than the whole, Like, well, I'm one of the special ones, so that means everyone else can die for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. like, the uh, like General Raven was. Mm-hmm.
1: General Raven was like, "Isn't this what you meant?" And Olivia's like, "No." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's like
0: let me answer that with a sword
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> been passed on the armstrong line for generations <laughs> yes i was like she said the i'm so thing. happy she said the line <laughs> i know
2: yeah
1: it's kind of a good time to say it because mm-hmm. like she has been she's sort of questionable or i mean you know questionable activities and so you're like yeah she's one mm. of them she's an armstrong <laughs> you know He's like, this moral integrity has been passed on the Armstrong for generations. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this moral integrity. <laughs> someone told him about what was happening, someone told Alex about what was happening in Central, or like in the command building or whatever, and he's like, my sister? Mm-hmm. Like, he's worried about mm-hmm. her, I guess, so that's nice. I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. In addition to ignoring Denny... Brosh complaining about how Roy killed yeah. Ross <laughs> mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. interesting and sad how mrs they really don't this the soul the army doesn't care about Mrs. Bradley because they don't they need to keep Roy alive because they need him for mm-hmm. uh, human sacrifice, yeah, that makes way more sense.
2: Oh. I totally forgot about that. I was just <laughs> like, are they gonna interrogate him like why do they need him? <laughs> because I mean, I didn't really think too hard about it'
1: Because but... father is their leader, not fear of Bradley so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The Mrs. Bradley. It's sad Mrs. Bradley. It's like, oh, have my, my husband been abandoned by this country, or did my husband abandon me? I was like, oh, no. Not mm-hmm. yeah. Mrs. Bradley. <laughs> yeah, she's having a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's with them the whole time. As you said, she's just, like, in mm-hmm. the truck or whatever. In the ice cream truck. Yeah, it's really
0: funny. I never noticed it, but she's just kind of sitting there looking,
1: like, mildly like... perplexed, and it looks like Fury's, like, pouring her a cup of water. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It yeah. looks like Fury's giving, pouring something sure to Mm -hmm. get just back in with
0: all these soldiers and (laughs) exotic armaments
1: (laughs) (laughs) in a in an ice cream truck a fake ice cream truck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is completely random, but I didn't... They said they called the guy who's running the attack Commodore or something, and I was like, they have Commodores in their <laughs> army? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the equivalent rank of Brigadier General. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's a naval rank, so I'm not sure why they decided yeah, that's to why... translate it as exactly. one naval <laughs> rank compared to all the rest of them, but... Whatever. I'm assuming that, like, the Japanese word for the ranks is about... is, like, the same. Maybe. So not, someone was just, perhaps. like, picked one randomly, but... Because there's a some of the older ones, the older volumes also call uh, Hughes Commodore Hughes after he got promoted in <laughs> posthumously. Mm. Okay, like, no, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, a, it's equivalent I mean. to bring, it's equivalent to Brigadier, Brigadier General. General. So.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that that was funny. I was like, "What's up with that? This isn't a navy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever someone says Commodore or whatever, I always think of Commodore and Dorrington from Pirates of the mm-hmm. Now though, that has been tainted for me. Yeah, And probably everyone our age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like literally, I can't like, hear it Commodore. except in like Jack Sparrow's voice going like Commodore.
1: Yeah. Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> and I also can't imagine a person being a Commodore without a big like pirate, you know, like tricornered hat, fluffy, frilly tricornered mm-hmm. hat, mm-hmm. like Commodore Norrington. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Havoc, Havoc was there. Havoc helped get mm-hmm. them supplies. It's like, yep. it's Havoc. <laughs> Didn't yeah, they say like yeah, his yeah. family city was like Audi, e- or family store was like out East or something? So yeah, I think, yeah so. I think so. Maybe they have ties to Sheen or whatever. But
0: yeah, it makes sense that, that would that they would be able to help get like mm. Maria and the weapons
1: in and the, the ice cream truck. More. Most importantly, yes. <laughs> mm. I always like put it on my tab. I'm like he's one long yeah. tab. <laughs> At the end of yeah. Game. yeah. yeah. I love his,
0: like, totally shocked expression and the others, like, looking, like, shocked
1: and happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's cute. It is cute. Do yeah. mm-hmm. you
0: like our buddies back.
1: He was just kind of gone for a while after the, they passed the message about the promised day, so it's kind of nice to see mm-hmm. him again.
0: Yeah, and he's been just, like, in the hospital for, like, ages. Forever. Like... Yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that was after the first time they broke into the lab, so. Mm-hmm you think his parents know about this or he's just or they're just like he's just like i need an armored truck and, blah, blah, blah. and they're like okay honey I th- <laughs> well either he told them or they're just like oh you can run the store now and he's just like doing everything yeah. himself <laughs> mm-hmm. they're like why are our bills so high this month why don't, I- why don't you buy an ice cream truck like, don't ask questions mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the lab, I really liked when they go back into the lab and, like, Ed Fun. Fein- First of all, we talked, we joked about him making the door again, which was funny. But also, mm-hmm. I like that Hohenheim was like, come with me, Lon Fun. And then he's like, oh, you can go look for the prince or whatever. And oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, Hohenheim. Sweet. So nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> 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 and then I was like, Cosm was right that they're in love. I mean, what? <laughs>
0: Shh. <laughs> I love it, just completely irritated by everything Hohenheim does. Ed is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he's like it makes sense, but in how dare he's... you? Yes, yeah, like
0: even okay. when he's right or just saying something totally innocuous. Yeah.
1: Hohenheim was probably like, "That's what I was like when I was his age." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before I got turned like into a. There's just a all a these images tongue. of him
0: like grinding his teeth and looking furious. <laughs>
1: yeah, being mo- anywhere from moderat- re- moderately annoyed to furious. Yeah, in the background. <laughs> I think you're right about Lanfan and Ling. I think they're in love. <laughs> there was no Ling this time. Were you sad? A little bit. <laughs>
2: but I, I mean, these chapters are really, really good. It was good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really horrifying that um, Fu said that the presence underground has gotten bigger than even a day before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. dogs and rats do with... are
0: starting to freak out. <laughs> yeah never good <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true did is that do you think that's just because they're putting all the souls in the immortal army or is it yeah, that, I was building the immortal army or is it something else that is not yet been revealed uh, uh, yeah I wasn't sure what
2: it was if it was maybe like the next picture they have sloth on the ground I don't know if maybe it's the arrival of sloth but I feel like it wouldn't that wouldn't make a big enough difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we're just supposed to meant to be like, oh, it's almost the promised day, so he's he's, he's gearing up for something
1: energy. bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's mm-hmm. true. Could be that's mm-hmm. true. We we talked about it when when it happened, but the immortal army is horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like as soon as they're screaming, I was like, that's even worse than what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they start chomping on the pe- the scientist and the and the guy or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And then oh, there's one picture of them where they're in like shadows,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it was terrifying. Yeah, I
3: think that's <laughs> But when it also
2: oddly familiar. Yeah, yeah, it was when they were fighting them, and it was oddly familiar, and I couldn't f- put my finger on it until a little bit later. I think it, it like especially in those shadows, it really resembles like uh, the no the attempt to bring back Trisha.
1: Oh, right, you,
2: like how you would always see that yeah, in like the, the shadow mouths with like
1: and the eyes. Yeah. I would kind of just, um, like, to draw, like, glowing eyes in the darkness. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But, like, sort of the... Yeah, the, a, a weird, not...
1: hmm like, <sighs> Yeah, do you mean the panel, mean
0: like... Mouth. ...while they're eating the soldier guy? Because you can see, like, his ribcage and stuff in shadow.
2: Oh, no, I meant, um... It's, I think, towards the end of 91? Yeah, I thought it was... I mean, middle they, of it. I
1: assumed it was when they started it's... fighting them.
2: Yeah, like, um... Around when Ed and all of them get it, I think it's like the page where the
1: head is like half off or a different one.
2: They're they're in sh- like it's a it's an almost pure black panel. I know
1: what you're talking about, um, but
2: about. it's even darker. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, they are they are also in shadow too. So they're all black. The background's pretty black.
1: I don't know um, what page it is, but yes, yeah, during the scar and uh, when Scar and mm. Ed are like they're in the middle of the fight. It's just after Ed sails off the door. Yeah, they're just horrifying in general. And they do have a googly eye. I was like, what's up with that yeah. thing on their head? And it turns out mm-hmm. it is an eye hole. Yup. There's like a mm-hmm. there's also a intermit, like a a chapter title page that has one with all the skulls and father and they all have like a whole an eye socket hole in the forehead. Mm-hmm. Like all the skulls do. <laughs> I was like, that's horrifying. Oh.
2: Did we ever talk about the the weird like I don't markings on their face of the dolls?
1: Uh, we talked about it briefly because I was like, is that an eye? And you guys were like, I don't know. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, spoiler, we knew.
1: Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about... I think we talked kinda... a bit about
0: how they... It resembles the markings on the homunculines. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: That, that's all I was going to say, oh, okay. but I don't remember talking about that. Well, they so, even have
1: marks yeah. on their back, like on their hip bones and stuff, and on their spine. Mm-hmm. I was just looking through a panel and noticed one. It's on that it's About to break
2: down breaking song and dance again.
1: <laughs> they definitely look like they could do a good rendition of Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> it it is interesting how they like I get I don't know how the army thought that they were going to make this work. So they they just I feel like they just did they, they do they attack each other? I guess they don't. But they attack others? Train. Like, Train. I don't know. Yeah, it seems I, like I, at
2: least. Yeah, I think they're pretty indiscriminate other than uh probably not them each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem maybe, like they attack maybe, each other and
1: let and Maybe anything with
2: involved. the philosopher's stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I feel like the case with Envy was a special case where he like parasite attacked the one and then Yeah. And, he, and they started chomping on each other. Yeah, I like how the, the the crew is like, Oh, we can't let them get out on the streets. It's like, yeah, definitely don't do that. That's not gonna end yeah well. <laughs> like the, the scientist doctor doctor or whatever, uh what do you call him? General bad decision maker or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Turning on all the souls it's like don't do that. That's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And now you're dead. Yeah, it very, does seem like very we did. Do they only have <laughs> one soul? I guess maybe they have multiple because Ed says that they, that, oh whatever they they said when they were fighting them that it seemed like they didn't die, so they yeah. must have more than one. Ugh, yeah, there's. I'm not sure. I think
0: it's just like like they're not really like alive to begin with, so I'm not sure like. True, like mm-hmm. what would normally be fatal, like uh, yeah, really I think,
1: The one that's yeah. partially deca- basically 99% decapitated, mm-hmm. that's still, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like they're like well, like I a, think,
0: a case for like the soul thing that just like powers yeah. them rather than being like a living thing, like the homunculi, hmm.
2: yeah. I think they're more, more like how Al is just kind of a soul attached to oh, a thing. That's true. I think Somewhat. they're the same, like, they don't have. Yeah, it's like normal like... like bodily functions, they mm-hmm. can just move because they have a body.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, it. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: so as long as like there's enough of them left to move around, they can still move around.
1: Or there's mm-hmm. some way the soul is bound to them that's disturbed, I guess, kind of like Al. But I don't know, mm-hmm. hard to tell if that, that exists. Makes sense well, they must have some weakness. <laughs> Maybe the weakness is fire. I mean, <laughs> 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 just explode all of them. No problem. Mm-hmm. Speaking of explosions, Kimberly came back. He <laughs> sure did. Yay. I was like, oh, Kimbley. Oh, fuck, it's Kimblee. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> When is that not the response to Kimberly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh, <"Well>, he's here. <laughs> oh, no. And then he blew up Heinkel. And you're right that Heinkel's been attacked multiple times recently. And it's like, mm-hmm. not Heinkel. Mm-hmm. From behind. And he didn't even, like, exp- he didn't, like, fully blow him up. He just did, like, a little tiny explosion to, like, just enough to maim him and then crack a hole in the mound that Hohenheim mm-hmm. created, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, is like, thanks, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy's yeah. like, I'm kind of busy. And he's like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm excited for Al and Kimberly to fight, though. I think it's going to be a good time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I like how both the brothers have used a Philosopher's Stone at some point in the yeah, series.
1: Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe they don't have any qualms under, after like, all. Well, it's both under like extreme circumstances. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if Al was able to heal Heinkel or not. It's not shown, but I don't know if Al's as skilled as, like, Ed, so I don't know if he could, but maybe he could at least yeah. keep him from getting too badly, yeah. keep him from dying yeah, or whatever. Yeah, at least, like yeah, fight off the attackers and, yeah. and get them out mm-hmm. of there. Perhaps.
0: There's been some really cool Al panels lately.
1: I know, like the, the one at the between end with the uh, eyes. And yeah, between that and then all the stuff. I'm take control of so him. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Using his using his armor, body is is like a a, a plot device and stuff and a visual device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool recently.
0: Yeah, like yeah. mm-hmm. I said, like refusal to like even hear Heinkel suggest leaving him behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just like fuck that.
1: Hankel's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I do have this thing. Maybe that'll help you. His eyes glow. And during the I think I've talked about the, like, uh, the anime dub
0: outtakes that are pretty funny. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one I remember in this scene where, like, while well, I was trying to drag him away and Heinkel keeps talking and stuff or whatever, and the mm-hmm.
1: the voice actor's proud, just goes like, I'm trying to save your life, asshole! <laughs> 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 I mentioned this to Kayla before we started, but there's a special comic, there's, like, an extra comic in the back where Heinkel's, like, why are you trying to? Why are you trying to save me when your body, when your body is injured or whatever? And I was like, because you're a cat. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, he's the lion. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like Olivier was like the most quotable person of these chapters like you said how mm-hmm. well, she said like I don't have to soil, soil the Armstrong family sword which has been passed down for generations with the blood of scum or whatever mm-hmm. and she said yeah, she hey, is
0: uh, hmm? she is cool as a cucumber through all of this going
1: on like... yeah <laughs> I love you lady Olivier I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> she also said scum scum like you who observe the battlefield from a safe location and talk about sacrifices if it's something sublime you don't even know the meaning of the word and I was like oh mm-hmm. yeah Olivier yeah right
0: yeah, I like how that's been, like, a consistent thing with her. Like, she's obviously, like, disgusted by the idea that, like, like, the lower-ranking soldiers are just to be tossed into the battlefield mm-hmm. as, like, yeah. fodder, like...
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even, like, like they were, like... That is not what a
0: leader does.
1: No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they... Somebody commented about that to her, where they are like, would you go into battle yourself or something? I forget what happened. And she was like, yeah, duh, basically. I forget. <laughs> At least that seems like something that happened. <laughs> Am I crazy? <laughs> can't remember exactly. I feel like it was one of those. It was a big part of her conversation with Raven, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just like, it oh, all like... these,
0: like, Ishvalans and other people are just uh, to build the foundations of greatness for us. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah, the and dude like, in yeah, the yeah, room. She's like,
0: yeah, you're going in the concrete.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't... asshole number one, the one who got stabbed in the arm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he also before she started attacking them said that we the chosen will ascend to even greater heights and i was like uh, yeah gross yeah and olivia was like fuck all of you <laughs> mm-hmm. so
0: this the panel where she stows him in the arm is like really cool
1: mm-hmm.
0: like aside from it just being a cool action it's like her sword like becomes
1: a speed line mm-hmm. it's also full page isn't it like across two, a full spread yeah it's like I across the pages. top of the
0: the two pages
1: Oh, you mean how it's, like, a speed line from, like, the bottom going up, mm-hmm. kind of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's, like, it, like it's, like, the blade coming out of the hilt, and then it, like, sort of melts into the background as, like, one of the speed lines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool effect.
1: Yeah, you just see the horrifying gouge in his arm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, like, that's, like, the worst way they could have, de- she could
1: have depicted anyone being stabbed in the arm. It's, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's like It's, like, the bottom half of his, like... Arm gets sliced off. It's, like, down to the bone. Like, it's horrifying.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> I mean, she wanted to do it in a way that he would definitely drop the gun and also yeah. definitely be, like, you know, like, incapacitated but not die. So I guess it makes yeah. sense, but it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, ew. Ow. Doesn't look good. And just immediately shoots the other guy in the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she only needs one of them to be, like, a, the one whoever's yeah. in control. So... He's like, how many men does it take to deliver a message? <laughs> One. <laughs> Ironically, a Disney reference. <laughs> I like definitely didn't get that until I was an adult and I was like, oh <laughs> Yeah. I do. I thought it was kind of funny how sloth just like crushed the other guy <laughs> by accident. It's <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. like, no, you don't run away. It's too much work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like how he's just like sleeping face down in like Father's Lair before yeah.
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> he's always sleeping. Mm-hmm. He's just like, this is such a bother. <laughs> I like how even Kimblee was weirded out by Pride, where he was like, you ate your ally? Yeah. And then he's, yeah. he's like, no, 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 you don't get it. We're the same person. And he's like, hmm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Kimberly's like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, you know it's bad if you've weirded out, Kimberly. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't scared. He was just like weird and like yeah,
0: just like like don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, moving on.
1: <laughs> standing back, whistling in the background <laughs> or whatever, waiting to mm-hmm. fight Al, I guess. Mm-hmm. When a father goes to visit. Oh, sorry. When Hohenheim goes to visit father, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: I was like, that's not right. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> And the Dumpling Master from the East went to visit the Dumpling Master from the West. (laughs) Uh, Father was like, this time you'll become part of me. I was like, that's ominous. I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that either. (laughs) I guess we'll see. Father also said that there's a backup option of like like destroying the container of the homunculus. Which is kind of interesting. Uh, Like as if he's still in a container. And it's kind mm-hmm. of you. You did. We did talk about it before when we were talking about pride. Like it seems like he can only go, or like, well, I guess pride can only go use it. it, it like pride can only use the shadows like a certain distance from wherever the main little Salem body is mm-hmm. or Salem mm-hmm. body is. But um... they pronounce it Salem in the dub, but it sounds like Salem in the dub, <laughs> which is
0: the first one I watched, which is why I say Salem. Mm.
1: I've just always read it. Yeah. I read it. I just assumed that it was Selim, but it doesn't matter. And it, So yeah. he, um, I guess like Pride Shadows can only go so far, but it does seem like Father never goes outside or like Father never leaves. So
3: mm-hmm. it
1: implies that he's contained in, and like contained within a mistress, basically. So Father seems to think, not Father, Hohenheim seems to think that Father is being contained and that you can destroy, theoretically destroy the container and that'll theoretically get rid of him. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess we'll see.
2: I think he was more implying the body. The body's maybe. The oh, maybe that's like, oh That you, just, you get rid of the body, and then he has nothing left.
1: Oh, It's like he
2: needed to be in a flask. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I think you're right. Yeah. I think I'm. But I, th- I think
2: uh, I think there's a well. I I don't know if it's by choice, but uh, you know what you. I thought about what you you mentioned too. Like he doesn't really ever leave his seat except for the one time we saw him
1: mm-hmm. in the oh, Yeah,
2: the
0: same time we yeah. see him go anywhere. I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that's, you know, by choice or by, like, if he really can't leave, like, headquarters or anything know. because of all this. He has... He's now more machine than man! Yes, because he
1: also <laughs> has his, like, cable, his, his tubes that he needs to be attached to for whatever reason, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I guess, like, somehow the, I guess, Pride... And Father can somehow telepathically connect, or, like, they're somehow connected, because Salim was using the, uh, or, Salem, sorry, Salem was using the, um, Salem was using the, the, like, making the noise on Al's helmet, and it seemed like Father, like, opened his eyes or whatever at that one point, you know, like, he heard it.
3: Yeah. Otherwise, I don't
1: know how they would have gotten that message to Kimberly. so.
0: Well, Kimbley presumably knows Morse code if he heard it, so.
1: Yeah, but, but it was so hard to hear. Didn't they only hear it, like, right outside the thingy? Right outside the dome?
0: I don't think it really says.
1: Yeah, I guess he could have yeah. been there. Kimberly could have been there.
0: But Father does seem to be involved, so it was probably through Father. It was just,
1: yeah. It was just, like, Kimberley's military, so he would probably know it. But... Oh, definitely. If he was around, he probably heard it. It just didn't yeah. seem like you could hear it that far away from the yeah. dome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think there was definitely something going on. Actually, when I first saw Sloth sleeping down there, I thought Sloth was, like, Putting
1: his ear to the ground, like, I hear something. Uh, and then, like That's possible. You know, no, he's he just yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wakes then, up and he's like, Oh, sense. by the way, I had a dream yeah. that Salem was here. <laughs> Pride is here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it also seemed the earlier um time when Hohenheim met Pride's shadows in the tunnel under Lior, it seemed like the message like got to father oh, that's before true. Like, mm. like almost instantly. So it does seem like there's yeah. some kind of
1: connection. He is the Hohen- first tumunculus. Yeah. Hohenheim was like Send, take my message for father. You're you're dead. And yeah. Meanwhile, back in his telling, he's like, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Hohenheim just like, well, casually walks into danger with his hands in his pocket. Yeah. So Hohenheim doesn't think the homunculus is dangerous. <laughs> I think everybody else does, but Hohenheim. I think he thinks he's dangerous. He's just well, not intimidated by him because he knew yeah. it when he was a Yeah. little not... speck of dust in a flask. <laughs> yeah, not dangerous to Hohenheim. <laughs> Like, I feel like Hohenheim feels like he has some kind of... Yeah, he has this, like, knowledge of of the homunculus that others don't, I guess. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he doesn't yeah. feel so intimidated. But you're right yeah. that he does just, but like, like do he, whatever. Yeah, he also <laughs> did the
0: same thing with pride. He just, like, yeah. it rolled up with his
1: hands in his pocket. <laughs> and then afterward, he was like, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the same. But yeah, I think he's more determined. It's more that he's, like, determined and doesn't mm-hmm. want to... I don't think he wants to go in, he's not like Ed in that way where he wants to go in like guns blazing all the time, you know? Like that's mm-hmm. just not really yeah. what Hohenheim does. I yeah. guess. Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before he was all like, shut up old man to like the homunculus except whatever whatever the equivalent is of that. Shut up yeah. dust in a jar in a glass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite little jokes is him saying it's like oh he's just like i was at that age and then you get that flashback and you're like oh he really really oh, really really was, really was.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny anyway good yeah. times okay i don't have any other i don't have any other things that i want to say this time i just want to see what happens next time let's finish <laughs> recording so i yeah. can keep reading can yeah <laughs> yeah like, let's wrap it up i gotta read <laughs> yeah <laughs> guys <laughs>
2: It it is crazy like when you said chapter 90 starts i was like holy shit we're at chapter 90. <laughs> mm-hmm Where did that happen? Yeah.
0: Yep. Last chapter is 108, so... We are creeping up on the end here.
2: Yeah.
0: That's why shit's going down. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it really does start to happen really fast after the little time skip. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And there's a lot going on. I mean, we got so Mm -hmm. many things going on in so many locations.
1: Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, you got... uh... Everybody's converging on Central, the, though.
0: Yeah, you got the folks out in yeah. the, like, woods by the slum, you got Roy's attack in the city, you got mm-hmm. Olivier and HQ, you got all the underground stuff. And
1: also Kimberly in Pride and Al outside. <laughs> Whoa, someone is sitting a firework like, really close, I can actually see them. You can't tell me that you can't hear that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, like, Yeah, it does sort like, of sound like someone, know.
0: like, slamming cabinets or, like, chopping vegetables. Mm-hmm. or like it's me chopping my vegetables <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: stop chopping during recording we told you about this <laughs> we have this discussion <laughs> okay well if you don't have any... oh yeah wow yeah if we don't have other things to say i guess oh, we should probably 3D. wrap it up oh it's nice it's just loud <laughs> yeah yeah well
0: since uh things are exploding uh, if no one else has anything else to say <laughs>
1: I guess we'll wrap up. Cosm. Happy Canada Day, guys! Happy Canada Day! <laughs> yeah. Several days later, oh, a week later, probably <laughs> at this point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well.
1: I don't have any other things to say. <laughs> no.
0: What are we going to read next time? Next week we are reading ninety two and ninety three. Just two. Yeah. Just two. That's not enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Distant, so distant vegetable chopping <laughs> <laughs> it's not me <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: okay, well, thank you all for listening we will see you next time yes. less, less fireworks hopefully <laughs> hopefully yeah. next time it should be <laughs> alright bye alright
2: take a bye 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 <laughs>
0: To Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiroma Arakawa. I'm Kayla.
1: I'm Ellen. Oh, the train! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. This is two officers injured in a firearms arrest at a golf club? Whoa.
0: <clears throat> so that's a club where you golf and not the club
1: used in golf. <laughs> 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 like, golf club where it's like... <laughs> you it's just called the golf club and it's like yeah. in, in, the inside is like <laughs> everything is like green <laughs> and the servers all wear like sweater vests i don't know and the building is shaped like a golf club it's <laughs> <That's> horrible <laughs> the golf club club the golf no it's just called the golf club
0: if you had a if you had a thing that was shaped like a golf club and it was like a party club on the inside but you could only get in if you were a member of the golf club. It would be the golf club, club, club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the golf club, club, club. Yes. Golf club, club, club. I got it.
0: <laughs> or the golf club, golf club, golf
1: club. The golf club, golf club, club. Right?
0: <laughs> 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 the general pushes past him and pulls the lever to start pumping the puppets. Pumping the puppets. <laughs>
1: You did it again. I know. <laughs> when will you learn? It looks so pretty when I type it. <laughs> like, that sounds good in my head when I'm reading it with my eyeballs.
0: <laughs> the general pushes past him. There's a lot of peas in that sentence. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I said you did it again. <laughs> Just like alliteration, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs>